This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You know, I don't understand this podcasting thing. How come you boys can't have those keg parties and chase the girls like all the other nice boys do? Y'all are nerds. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we're in a sad, sad state today because it's Paulette Perhatch's last episode. Well, Paulette's definitely simplifying her life by not hanging out with us anymore, so let's talk about just that. How do you downsize, live on less, and actually have more? Well, first, Mom had us bring in an expert in this topic, the woman behind the Simplify and Enjoy podcast, El Martinez. And also say hello to a guy who's lived alone in the wilderness, giving up everything else. It's Grizzly Adams. Nah, once his show got canceled back in 78, he disappeared, so we just found Len Penzo wandering the streets. But that's not all. Halfway through the show, I'll share my super huge, amazingly gargantuan trivia question. And now, a guy who streamlined his life to just three podcasts per week, it's Joe Salcihai. Hey there, stackers, and happy Friday. Isn't it wild, Doug? We had to work four full days in a row this week, like Monday off, but we had to work then Tuesday through Friday. It is so wild how long the week goes after Memorial Day. Like, and then you're like, oh, next week I got to work another day. But good news, we're going to bring you safely into the weekend with this fine group of people talking about cutting back and enjoying more. Is that a thing? Can we actually do it? Well, let's say hello to... 
the people who are going to join us for this podcast. First of all, the woman going bye-bye. Don't leave. You can't leave us. Say it ain't so, Paulette. You got another PP coming back. You're going to have Paula with her wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> Paula, just in case you're listening, she was using air quotes. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, duh. But you're not doing anything, Paulette. You're just writing, you know, stuff for the New York Times on on ChatGPT and finance. And yeah, it's tough when you're not hanging out with us. It is tough. I am like really trying to work out like how do I keep up that funny bone? I did improv for the first time last night. So I want to make sure and? that I keep doing silly stuff. And I felt like, like well, is this a Michael Scott thing? Um, but then it was really fun and funny and so like physical in this world where we're all on computers. So I really enjoyed it and I had a lot of fun and I laughed a lot. I took a short improv class and the key to improv apparently is and. Don't say but, say and. Yes, and. and. Just add on to the next thing. Yes, Yet and. Never say no. Yes. Uh, the guy who never says no, thank goodness for us, because he's sticking around. Hopefully, we haven't gotten his two weeks notice yet. Mr. Len Penzo's here. How are you? Did you watch Grizzly Adams when you were a kid? I did, but uh, I got to say, Paula just reminded me, I've got another PP coming back. So if you guys can, you know, move on without me here for a second, oh, and then I will. Oh, see what you're going to miss out on, Paulette? <laughs> All that PP humor. That's just, I feel so bad. I'm sh sure you do too. Yes. You want me to turn in my notice now, Joe? <laughs> just, no, just wear the Depends so you can okay. get through the full hour and not have to get up, Grandpa. And wondering why the hell she's back with us. Miss Simplify and Enjoy <laughs> Herself. El Martinez is here. Hey, I'm... I'm really starting to think that Paulette has the right idea, but about <laughs> <laughs> getting away. Yeah. No, no. no, I'm excited to be back and have some fun. It's good to have laughs. Well, before we dive into the laughs, let's talk a little serious. What's going on to simplify and enjoy? Because you and I used to chat all the time and we haven't chatted in a little while. What's happening? Yeah, I think you had like this small little book tour across the country so and you were busy with that. I don't know what that's about. I mean, who does that? But. It's been going great. We've been having a lot of fun this season. The theme for this year is having a rich life, which kind of fits in with what we're talking about. Not just the numbers, but actually enjoying it. So we have uh, our kids. We've been traveling now that <laughs> hopefully COVID's over. We've been doing a lot more traveling as a family. So just got back from Florida. I've been enjoying it. I thought you are saying we have our kids, so we've been traveling away from them <laughs> as <laughs> no, far as we can get. this year. We, are, we do have some couples trips planned, too. <laughs> that's awesome. By the way, were you a fan of Grizzly Adams? Uh, no. You're way too young, I aren't you? To be honest, I don't even know. She has no idea. I've Paula, do you have it, any idea who Grizzly know. Adams is? No idea. No, no clue. There we go, Doug. That's it. Wow, we worked on that joke for minutes, too. I know, for literally like three and a half minutes, and half of our crew here doesn't get it. It's a good Wikipedia lookup, though, based on a true story. It was a good show. Anyway, we've got Elle here. We've got Len here. we got Paulette. we got Doug. And you know what, Elle? Because you're here, I think we have to have a special moment. I'm kind of scared, but okay. <laughs> but, well, before we get into this, why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about some of this? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. 
Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, Joe, that was great. Can we do another one? Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Now we can talk about simplifying and enjoying more of our life. Here we go. Our piece today is from Success Magazine. And the question is how living with less can give you more. Paul, let's start with you. Do you think that's really a thing? I mean, I know there's a lot of people who aren't, you know, they look at these minimalists and they're like, no, I think more is more. Less is necessarily more. I think more equals more. Well, you're always making a choice. And I just want to say I was obsessed with tiny houses for like three years. I have an extensive Pinterest board. It got to the point where like one time, like my boyfriend at the time caught me like looking at tiny houses again. And I was like, he's like, really? Again? I was like, yeah, I don't know why. Like I wanted to like minimize it like it was porn. And I was just like obsessed because I didn't know how to make it as a writer, you know? So, I mean, I lived in 150 square feet in Seattle for a year. I did that and it was fine because I was making a choice. I was writing my book that year and there are things that you lose and there are things that you gain. So I think it's just all about choices. There are people on this, in this piece who talk about living Paulette in some of these really small places. And I'm wondering I mean, because you didn't have room for more stuff, there had to have been some pieces of your life that were fantastic because of that. Yeah. I mean, the cleaning was really great. So fast, like no big deal. It just, it definitely did simplify. And like my place of living was not something that took up mental energy. I could not have done it with another person. And I'm so glad I wasn't there when the pandemic happened. I would have gone bananas. Oh, Yeah. Well, isn't that wild how a thing in one atmosphere can be, I mean, it could be good in one atmosphere, could be so bad, bad in another. Elle, you're all about simplify and enjoy. I mean, and I remember you making the brand switch. So you must be on board with the idea that less can be more. 
Oh, absolutely. I don't know if it's just me. It's probably not. But I am amazed at when we had moved to this house, how much crap we had. (laughs) And I feel like two thirds of it was for our kids who at that time were only like one in five. But it's amazing as parents, you like you have everything for them. And then even us, I, I admit we're so guilty. If you look in our basement, it's kind of like a museum of 80s computers. I have TV series on DVD that I refuse to give up. It's just, you know, it, it's a mess. So, I mean, and we simplified significantly, but I feel like it's like Paulette says, it's really like a choice and finding that balance of what you're super excited about and keep those. But if you don't, if you aren't aware of that, it's very easy just to collect stuff and crap. Well, and they make a point in this piece of saying that clutter equals lack of focus. Like it's very difficult to focus when you've got clutter around. Have you found that true in your life? For me, absolutely. I mean, clutter is disorganization to me. And I myself, I can't get anything done when I'm disorganized. So decluttering is the first step towards getting organized. That being said, I've had colleagues in the past who have had desks with things piled to the ceiling and you'd walk in their office and you'd say, it looks like a hoarder's place. And the guy, you know, they're very efficient. So I guess some people can operate in that kind of environment. I know I can't. And if I could just bring up real quick, my aunt Millie had a real tiny house. I mean, it was a small house. It was a hundred and what was yours? All that you were looking at was 150 square feet. Yeah, My Aunt Millie's, it was a 125 square foot house. And let me tell you, every time she dropped a Kleenex, she had wall-to-wall carpet. So it was really small. Is this thing on? (laughs) Hello? It took, that wind-up took forever. Yeah. That just It was a small house. (laughs) It was a small house. I remember the time I put, she put a key in the door and she stabbed everybody in the house. I had a, I had a client when those little, what were those little cars called, Doug? I mean, they still have them like the, the, not the Metro car, the little tiny, like two seater that Chrysler was selling. A two seater that Chrysler, a Prowler? No, the little tiny car. I mean, it was, it was a different brand, but I remember. In oh, Detroit, you go? No, 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 no. It was a little Ooh. tiny car that was meant to be driven around yeah, cities. You still see car. them from time smart to time. Car. The smart, it was car, a smart yeah. car. Yeah. 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 And there was a Chrysler executive who was a client of mine who bought one. And I remember it was in my parking lot of my office. It was parked next to just a, you know, mid-sized Buick. And it was like a third of the size of the Buick. And I said to him when he came up to, to meet with me, I said, how do you like this thing? He goes, you'll never believe this about how spacious this is. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I can get a bottle of water and a pencil in there along with me. Like it's, it's huge. He did say, by the way, when the wind blew, like it was that, that, that made it difficult. Okay. Now I'm completely (laughs) derailing where I wanted to go, but I do want to ask this because clutter's not just the things around you, Paulette, you and I have, have talked about our calendars. Part of the reason why you're not writing with us anymore is because we're going one way and the rest of your career is going a different way. Like writing our comedy stuff is not the stuff Mm -hmm. that you're focused on. Like, really, the clutter can exist existentially as well. Oh, God, yeah. And there was that talk at FinCon. I forget her name, but she was like, simplicity scales. And that has honestly been just like haunting me because I do not have simplicity and I'm not scaling. You know, but Neil Gaiman has this great quote about visualizing where you want to go as a mountain 
And as you go along your career, there are some opportunities that'll take you closer to the mountain and ones that he's like, 10 years ago, that would have been a great opportunity for me. But now that I'm like, you know, in this place, that's not taking me closer to the mountain. And, you know, I just have so many passion projects and I just had to pick my passion projects and have some pay projects. So that's what I had to do. Yeah. You have to cut stuff back. Len, you were talking about clutter, Paulette, you and I just talking about clutter on your calendar. I saw an interview with Barbara Streisand, who is notorious about with the amount of clutter that she has or used to have anyway in her life. She talked about how these stacks of papers gave her inspiration and there were things that she would look at them and those things would inspire her and it would get her creative mind flowing. Do you have some things that you will not part with because it keeps the creative juices running? I'm I'm a visual person and I'm also analog in certain ways. I put don't laugh like the uh certain calendars. What is it? Austin Cleon. He has a certain calendar yeah. that comes out and he always yeah. has, you know, just something brilliant. I love having that and I rotate in my office. I will put that in front of me in front of the screen. Those are things that it takes up a physical space, but for me, that is like a controlled clutter that allows me to kind of focus and gives me energy. But I kind of feel like, Len, like if the whole office was cluttered, it would drive me crazy. I would not feel inspired. I'd feel overwhelmed. Well, Paulette is a creative person. There's got to be things that you have to look at that inspire you. How do you find that middle ground? I actually used to have this like really cool collage behind my computer. You know, now it's like, more bare bones for sure. But um, one of the things I've done is I like to have on my computers, like when it goes to sleep, it'll do a slideshow. And so I did a folder of like happy memory photos to come up on my computer. And that's really nice. So I've been liking that. And that's something that's digital, but I definitely have like a hoarder tendency for sure. So I have to be really careful. Um, But you know, I moved to Florida with just what I could fit in my RAV4. Oh, that's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. When Cheryl and I sold all of our, sold our house and sold all our stuff, like I thought I was going to miss all that stuff and I don't miss hardly any of it. Like it is incredible how stuff is just And it was really doing stuff. Peace Corps that taught me that. I mean, I was like, I was 26. I was like, wow, that took three ads, one for my car, one for my house and one for the garage sale. And then I pared everything down to like eight of those big tubs that my mom stored for me. And I was like, damn, it is really quite easy to dissemble your life. And then you just get new stuff. There's like an unlimited amount of amazing stuff. Just get new stuff. Let's talk about that for a second, Len. Buying things. I'm at a place in my life now, if I want to buy something, I can just go buy it. And I'm not bragging, but I could just go buy it. (laughs) Well, that is definitely not the point of this. The point is, though, I think there's another commodity, which is time, right? Now, when I buy something, I'm like, do I have the time that I can put the respect into this thing that I can actually spend any time with this thing, right? Is it going to be additive time-wise? Len, I would imagine you've got to think about that too when you're buying stuff. Is this an old joke? Is this like a backhanded old joke because I'm running out of time? Is is that what you're saying? I've got to... (laughs) You have so much time left, Len. I mean, look at you for God's sake. You know, before I was retired, I was like you, Joe. I didn't... I had no... If I wanted something, I bought it. I don't care what it was. I remember telling you guys about one time the... You know, I bought... The Kings were in the Stanley Cup Finals, and me and the Honeybee. I yeah. mean, we we spent uh, thirty six hundred. We didn't even think about it. Thirty six hundred bucks on two tickets to go see the game. You know, so now that I'm retired, those days are gone. <laughs> so I'm now now I'm now I do have to watch. But 
there are things I got to think about buying if I'm going to put the time into them or if I, you know, if I'm really serious about it. And I'll give you a good example. I bought, um, I bought a telescope a while back, one of those really fancy eight inch, uh, telescopes that has the, you just program in what stars you want to see or nebulas or whatever. And telescope just whips around and finds it in the sky, you know, but I didn't have the time after I got this thing, it became too much time for me to, to keep it up and stuff. And it was kind of a waste of money <laughs> because it's now sitting in the closet just because, so, you know, I do have to think about, do I really have the time to put in that I would, for stuff like that, that I'm going to buy those big purchases. I'll buy it from you, Len. Mail it to me. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> we have the, no, we have the big telescope, but we don't have the pre-program. I'm like, Ooh, this oh, it's, good. yeah, it's slick. But Joe, can I circle back real quick? You're talking about clutter. You know, sometimes the clutter I have to worry about people who are cluttering my time. You know, I'm trying to clear space, but then others come in and make clutter. And I can give just a, um, you know, for a calendar. But even at the physical level, I can give you a good example. Like in my garage, I have a, a nice workbench all set up. I have the pegboard behind for all my tools, putting everything nice, organized. But people come in, they'll throw things on top of my workbench. They'll, they'll take my tools off the pegboard and not put them back. And uh, right now, if I wanted to do something on my workbench, I couldn't because everybody has used it as a storage table. And I guess that's just a metaphor for us in life as well. Uh, If we're trying to do things and we have other people coming in trying to distract us, clutter from outside. And if you don't watch that, no matter how organized you try to be, that can get out of control and sabotage yourself. So you kind of have to watch outside forces as well. Funny you say that. I was thinking about a book recently which has really helped me with that, with my calendar and with my time, which is called The One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. Have you guys read that? One Minute Manager offshoot? It's very simple. Like any of the One Minute Manager books, it's super thin. And I can actually, I think in about 10 sentences, tell you what it's all about. A person you work with, a person in your life comes into your lifeline and goes, Len, we have a problem. When they had a problem, right? Before they walked in that second, only they had a problem and they walk in and say, we have a problem. And then the monkey, which is the problem, is now half around their neck and half around yours, right? And often, how does that end? When they come in your office, they're hoping that you will take the problem. And often we fall into that trap. We're like, oh, I got it. I know how to solve this. You're fine. Person walks out of your office or out of your life, and now the monkey is squarely around your neck. So whenever anybody says, we have a problem, I learned a while ago to go, what is your problem? How can I help you with your problem? You know, I had a sign on my office when people came in and it was very prominent and it said, a problem on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. Basically saying, hey, don't force me to try and solve your problem in an instant when this was of your making. I want to solve for this in just a second, but Paulette, I want to turn to, you know, you just wrote this amazing piece in the New York Times about uh, chat GPT and about automation. And I think there's a lot of people think that automation and and minimalism are related. They're the same thing if I get it out of my life. But then I think it still is kind of clutter, but it's just clutter somebody else is is doing. Do you think automation solves our our too much stuff in our life problem or does automation actually maybe uh, make it worse? Gosh, I mean, what kind of automation? I'm talking about if I'm automating uh, anything in my life. I mean, I I take something and I have this robot do it, right? I mean, essentially, that's what I'm doing yeah. if I'm using ChatGPT. I'm having a robot do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm truly not eliminating it from my life. I'm just making it so I can speed through this thing so I can get to the next thing. 
What I wonder is like, what is the arms race of content that this is going to unleash, you know, of like so much crappy content out there. I think automating is great when it is something that is going to take the decision out of your brain, like decision fatigue. Should I save money this week? No, I just have an automatic savings going, right? It is really important to focus. So I think a lot of times people aren't giving the right kind of focus to things they have to do and tasks they want to complete with ChatGPT. They just like, like I saw one thing where like some, a student had copied a ChatGPT paper, but he left the first paragraph. Like here's a thousand word essay on the history of blah, blah, blah. And like that's when he turned into his teacher. (laughs) So like, you know, you still have to give care to things, but I think that ChatGPT God, we'll see. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a whole, it is a can of worms. Yeah. I mean, in, in your, your piece specifically, you're talking about the garbage that's going to come out in that area. But I think about how much garbage mm-hmm. is, we're talking about clutter, how much garbage we're introducing to the universe and introducing to our life just across automation in general. We think we're simplifying. Mm-hmm. We think we're getting more enjoyment. Instead, it's making us go faster and faster and faster in the rat race. So I think in some ways, yeah. we, I don't know. It, it, it made me think that you got to be careful what you look for, Len. Yeah, I was just saying, automation is great for these binary things. When you have to do things like, for example, automating your finances and you want to automatically take money out of your paycheck and put it into your savings. I mean, nothing can go wrong. That's a yes or no. Do you want to do it? And the automation works great. But when you get into very complicated automation, like chat, uh, the chat, the, the artificial chat, intelligence GPT, stuff, yeah. GBT, GPT, yep. yes. That does not simplify things because it's way more complicated. You might be getting a product back, but you really don't know if it's correct or it might not be to your liking the way the answer comes out. You might have to go back and do other things. It could have problems all to its own and cause a whole bunch of more problems because it's so complicated. So I don't think in the end that it's going to be quite as easy as everybody thinks. And it's not going to be a panacea for this at all. Yeah, I truly, it's funny. I truly don't think is automation is the same as simplifying your life. I don't think it is. I think we mistake them for being the same thing. Elle? And just thinking about uh, what Paulette and Lynn was saying, I think the difference with simplifying versus like automating is you're, first of all, asking the question, should you even have this in your life? You know, you're automating it, which is, you know, offloading it to this chat GPT or some AI. But the question, first of all, if you're simplifying is, should this even be in my life right now? Should I even give any energy to crafting whatever, you know, prompt you need to solve this or whatever automated program you need? The joy that you get from simplifying is asking that question, what do I really want to do with my time? Like you mentioned, that's the most valuable thing. It sometimes, it it almost becomes... um, mental hoarding because you're still keeping it in a way you're automating some of it, but it's still in the back of your mind instead of saying, you know what? I just cut it out. Like for example, I've done the autoresponders for emails. I'm sure you guys get emails. I have a great article for your website or I have this pitch. Just respond. You haven't responded. You know, I just stopped responding. The autoresponder got it, but if they keep sending it, I just don't even have the energy anymore. I just, it automatically goes to delete because I don't want to have that in my life. I don't even want just, to respond just, no. <laughs> yeah, just let it go. Just yeah. you, you don't even want the conversation. I think that when it comes to this, I'm wondering what clutter actually costs us in the back of my brain. And before we go to our trivia break, I'm, I'm going to ask all you guys that. What's clutter costing you now? But it's funny because I have a friend, L, who 
was bragging to me the other day about how whenever he finds somebody that will buy something, he finds a way to be the person that can sell that. He's like, so he's making these little bits of money on all this stuff. And then, but, but I think to myself, I feel bad for him because it always feels like he's running, running, running for these little minimal things where if he focused on one area, kind of like, you know, Paulette has been doing where she's focusing more on one area. If you do more of that, I feel like it's going to lead you further than I can do 85,000 different things. And I got this little piece of mind share in 9,000 different areas. Like I can't, I can't do all that. I felt bad. And I feel like the, the clutter of that is costing him a ton. But let's start with you, Al. What do you think clutter's costing you now as you're trying to solve the clutter issue like everybody else? I think, honestly, it really is the quality of work or the time I put in for the projects I do have, whether, you know, it kind of just oddly reminded me of Cal Newport, where he talks about deep work. And of course, you know, applies to work, but it also applies to life, it applies to parenting. My husband and I are work from home parents, which we are so grateful and fortunate, but still like any working parent, you are debating the making sure you give quality time, actual meaningful time to both your family and then your career, because I, I want to have both. I want to enjoy the time with my kids. And I also want to do good work with, you know, simplifying, enjoying, helping other families pursue what matters to them. And so I have to make those conscious choices and, I think these last couple of years with COVID, uh, I've gotten better at saying no. As, you know, Paulette was mentioning, sometimes you have to, even though it's not the opportunity itself being bad, it's just not the right project or opportunity for you considering what your priorities are. Which is funny because I feel like for a lot of people, it was the opposite. They're, they weren't used to working from home, so they said yes to more work because, heck, I'm at home anyway. And now there was this odd commingling of work and home that happened and people didn't really know what to do. You know what I mean? And it made it made it a little bit worse. But the stakes are, the stakes are pretty high there. Len, how about for you? What does clutter uh, cost you? Clutter is – the amount of clutter that I have in my life is directly proportional to the amount of wasted time I have in my life. But on the flip side, it's inversely proportional to my productivity. More wasted time and lower productivity is, is how that's costing me. Paulette, how about for you? I think it's this like, you know, it reminds me of when I have a bunch of tabs open and then I pull the tab out, like one out and then maximize it. So I'm not looking at all the things like right now my desk is a little cluttered and it's like everything's pulling your attention in different directions. So it's really just not having any kind of visual reminder. That's why I'm not all about the post-it notes everywhere. I don't know how people live like that. So I think it is just that attention where you just don't know like what you're looking at. And I'm actually reading Getting Things Done right now. So I have to buy my little like inbox. So you know what, Paulette? I, I mean, I use the post-it notes, but I don't – I think if you have hundreds of them, obviously that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. But I do use the post-it notes. I make sure I never have more than two on my computer, you know, that I'm looking at. That's great. Right. Yeah. I just highlight the two biggest issues I have. But I can see if you had a hundred or twenty or thirty post-it notes, yeah. it, it totally doesn't work. Yeah. One of those has all your passwords on it, right, Len? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually do an index card. I don't do a post-it note, but for my priorities and it I had to mentally force myself to say what fits on the index card for you know, home, work, and personal. And because it's only a limited amount of space, it's made things a lot easier for me. But yeah, the post-it note would drive me crazy. I use the trick of I'll have 19 browser tabs open so that I know to remember all those 19 things and I'll just close the browser tab later. And that works great. And I'm shaking my head now. When my computer freezes, just like... Oh, I, I go into panic mode. 
Because I'm like, no, browser, don't go down. No, that's my whole reminder system and not a good one. In the second half of this, they have lots of solutions in this piece to being able to cut back and actually get more. And obviously, all of our crew here has excellent solutions to things that they're working on. We're going to dive into those. But at the halfway mark of our Friday shows, we have a trivia challenge between our three frequent contributors, Mr. Len Penzo, Paulette Perhatch, who's going to be handing it back off to Paula Panton here in a second. So Team PP. And L, you are playing on behalf of Team OG, who is the uh, two-time champion. Uh, before that, Len was the two-time champion. And we were I was just joking with uh, Paula, Paulette, on her show that before you were here, makes her the four-year-in-a-row loser <laughs> that somehow <laughs> you've been trying to erase that change. And she's had a brilliant, Paulette's had a much better run on trivia than, <laughs> than Paula had. So does she go back to the same? We're about to see. Will Paulette get one more win before she hands it back to Paula? But L, I've got good news and bad news for you playing on Team OG. Which one do you want first? Let's go with the bad news. Well, the bad news is, is that you are in this weird spot for Team OG. You are in last place. And you're not in last place by a little. You're on in last place by, uh, well, by one. Uh, Len, Len <laughs> has seven. Paulette has six. OG has five. Uh, so seven, six, five. But the good news, L, means that means you get to guess last. Paulette will Ooh. guess in the middle. And Len is in this weird spot where he has to guess first. So that's... Where we're at, we need a trivia question, Doug. What do we got this week? Hey there, stackers. It's nearly that time here in this part of Arkansas. Of course, I'm talking about the big Hope Melon Festival. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and let me tell you, I'm a real melon lover, and I heard the festivities require melon judges this year. Being the community-minded man that I am, I've nobly volunteered my experienced eyes to size up the contestants' big old juicy fruit. Speaking of growing season, 2015 was a record-breaking year in Bhutan, which must maybe just be a, like a few miles the other side of Hope, Arkansas. Nope, should have read ahead. It's apparently a country. It sits like on the edge of the Himalayas and it's more than 75% forested. Well, in 2015, volunteers set a new Guinness World Record in the country's capital, Thimpu, that's a fun word, for planting trees in an hour. My trivia question is, how many trees were planted in Bhutan on June 2nd, 2015 to set that new world record? I'll be back right after I review the official standards and guidelines for judging melons. I don't want anyone thinking I'm playing favorites. It is a big time of year here in Texarkana and in uh, Southwest Arkansas. I, I run, by the way, the Watermelon Festival race every year, Doug, and it's super hot. It's super humid. And at the end of the race, they give you a free watermelon, which is also incredibly cool. I think they should make you carry it for the race. <laughs> oh my God. I have enough trouble carrying me for three miles. Like that is super difficult. So let's dive in. We're talking about planting trees, Mr. Penzo. How many trees did they plant in one day in uh, the capital of Bhutan? Bhutan? Did Bhutan. Bhutan. How many people were involved? It does not say. It just says they set the record. Gosh, that could be, you know, if it was one guy or if it was 100 guys, that makes a difference. 
Uh, so I have no clue. I don't know. This is just a stab because I don't know how many people are doing this. I will say... Doug, do we have anything on the number of... I think if everybody's got the number of volunteers, I didn't see anything about the number of volunteers. Doug's shaking his head now. Okay. Yeah. I'll just guess. I'll say there's a thousand volunteers. Planting a tree takes some work. Oh, well, I guess they're little saplings probably. Didn't say how big the trees were either, huh? Um, oh, I'm sure they got to be sa- little saplings. I can't imagine planting. I'll say a thousand trees. people planting ten trees an hour. That's ten thousand times eight hours. I'll say eighty thousand. It wasn't an hour, right? It was one hour. That much we do know. It was the world record for oh, planting sorry. Over one hour. Oh, it's in one hour. It was in one hour. One yes. hour. Yep. He did say that. Don't and know how I many totally people were involved. It. But oh, yeah. I'll say ten thousand. <laughs> ten thousand. 10,000 in one hour. Paulette, what do you think about that? Too rich or did they do more? I had 20,000 in my mind, so I'm going to do that. She's going with 20 as her last guess. Elle, what you thinking? I feel like a price is right moment of one. Nope, I won't do that. I won't do that. Um, How many volunteers they got? It sounds horrible. I'm imagining it's not a ton. And I have planted trees. And I'm judging again. Like if it's a bare root one, how many volunteers? I'm going to go. Even those saplings. I've done those saplings before. It does take a little while just for one sapling. Yeah, but if you're in the mountains, that's still, it's like uh, North yeah. Carolina soil. You either yeah. got sand, which is so easy, or you got the clay and you're just, it's like a, you need an yeah. um, ice pick that's to like get through. That's my house. Um, <laughs> yeah, forget it. I have it. both at my house. So 5,000. I'll say 5,000. So we got 5,000, 10,000, and 20,000. Our, our answers, man, we're all spread out today. Let's, uh, we would tell you who's winning this thing, but we'll do that here in just a minute. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. Want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine, and my nephew Nathan is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... 
Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Len, you kicked this off by saying 10,000. You've got one guest north of you, one guest south of you. How are you feeling? Terrible. I have no idea. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Paulette, it's your last guess. You feeling good? Uh, I hope I got it. Never. <laughs> L, five. Gone 10,001. L, you must be feeling great because it's your last guess. I'm feeling good because OG was losing, so who cares? <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> That's the, the stakes are low. <laughs> That's the way I've positioned myself in life is to just, you've got nothing to low lose. Low expectations. <laughs> yes. That's how you live it. C's get degrees. I wish you'd have said a hundred million bajillion then, L. Why didn't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> just throw well, it I want off. to put some effort, but not all the effort. There you go. Well, let's uh, let's see who our winner is. Uh, is OG slash L getting back in the game? Is Paulette leaving on a high note? Does Len increase his lead? What's our answer, Doug? Hey there, stackers. I'm Melon Hugger and Seed Depositor, Joe's mom's <laughs> neighbor, Doug. Someone asked me during the break, what does tree planting have to do with stacking Benjamins? Well, Earl... If there are no trees, we can't breathe. And if we can't breathe, we can't finish off that fourplex to achieve financial independence and retire early. Can we, Earl? Yeah, checkmate right there, pal. So 2015 was a big year for Bhutan. No, they didn't open it in and out, but they should. They went a different route and broke the Guinness World Record when they planted a never-before-reached amount of trees in one hour. So how many trees did a group of volunteers plant in 60 minutes to break the world record? Well, let me just say, congratulations, L. Len is going to be very pleased to learn that you've kept OG in last place. You were off by over 44,000. Len, you were off by 39,000, which means Paulette in a final last gasp, a sunset moment. She walks off. As the winner, she was off by 29,672. I'll do the math for you. They planted 49,672 trees. Wow. In one hour. Jeez, that's crazy. It's amazing. The entire country participated. It was a compulsory event, I think. <laughs> compulsory. <laughs> you could participate or we don't see you tomorrow. Right. Congratulations. So Paulette, for the record, joined our crew in last place and leaves it tied for first. <laughs> nice job. That is awesome. Congrats. Leaving on a high note. Look how note. excited she is. Amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited. I have very little to live for, and this is <laughs> extremely wow. important to me. That got dark fast. I get the feeling, Paulette, that uh, this uh, trivia was just clutter in your life. Just a little bit of clutter in your life. Hey, let's go to the second half of our discussion. Speaking of clutter, today's show is brought to you by DepositAccounts.com. Elle, you know what happens when you go to DepositAccounts.com? No idea. Please tell me. Oh, it's amazing. You find out that the sister site of Magnify Money has all of the savings account rates, checking account rates, online, money market account rates, CD rates, all ranked against each other. And when you go there, you'll find that maybe that brick and mortar bank you've been banking at, not that great. Head to depositaccounts.com for more. All right. 
let's dive into this. Streamlining your life, a woman in this piece says, is easier than you think. Oh, you think that's true? And if so, where do you start? Or if you don't think that's true, where do you start anyway? It is true. And I don't know if others had the same experience, but for me, it was just this blow up of there's too much stuff and it's annoying me and really like literally bags to Goodwill and, and dumping it and freeing up some time. Did you just start that with the stuff that annoyed you? Is that where you just began? Like I said, we moved. That stuff didn't go from the basement to upstairs. It literally stayed in the basement. I realized we didn't need it. And then I took it to Goodwill and bags and boxes from when we moved from the other house. And I felt so good and so happy just getting rid of it and not having to worry about that. That was like less things to worry about. Do you use a Marie Kondo Spark Joy approach? I think now I'm more intentional with bringing stuff into my life. So a reverse so before I buy, I'm asking myself, is it something that like I'm going to enjoy for either it's a great once in a lifetime experience or is this one of those that I'm really going to enjoy? Like when we got the telescope during the pandemic, that was something that we had a great time in the backyard with the kids. We were seeing, you know, Mars, Saturn. So it was a big purchase, but it was a purchase that was worth it versus you know, these one-off small purchases that didn't really move the needle in terms of making us happy. Len, where do you start when you get into declutter mode? And do you think it is streamlining your life is easier than you think? Well, I think streamlining your life is very easy. You just got to get down, make a list of what's important to you, right? So the first thing you got to do is say, hey, what's important? And then what are you doing to meet those goals? And anything else at that very top level is, you know, you can ignore, I think it's just a matter of getting in touch with your inner self first and seeing what's important versus what's not. So you start with a list. Paula, it seems like whenever we talk, you are working on some aspect of decluttering, clarifying, cleaning up, getting clarity on what you're working on. Where are you at right now with that? And do you think it's it's streamlining is easier than people like you and I make it sometimes? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's really, really hard for me to to only want to do a few things or to know like how many things your brain can handle and how many things you can do your best at. But yeah, I quit three different projects I was doing. So I was pretty proud of myself for that in the service of the ones that were left, you know, it's kind of like weeding a garden where it's like, you don't want to pick out any of the plants, but like in order for the few plants to thrive, you have to do it. So I know I want to be an artist and a writer who helps writers and trying to just focus on the things that that align with that. But it's funny, you're kind of in the middle there. I mean, with Elle, it started with possessions, right? It began with these possessions are annoying me. We're not using them. We don't have the time for them. Let's get rid of that clutter. With Len, it's about mindset. For you, is it more possessions or is it more mindset that you focus on by streamlining? I am always trying to get stuff out of my apartment. And yeah, like I... I don't know. I mean, I think that you can't divide them. You know, they are the same thing. Like 
you're not going to get rid of your possessions unless you have a different mindset about your possessions. The mindset is the root of the issue. There was a woman here, Elle, who said that uh, uh, she cut vices. She went through the vices in her life that she didn't like. So she didn't like how much she would just do, you know, mindless drinking where she'd just, you know, crack open a bottle of wine and have a drink. Or she would go to uh, a restaurant and, you know, just on a random Tuesday and it wasn't a special event. She said she found ancillary benefits. Is that has that kind of thing happened to you? Do, do you do you start from what don't I like, or do you start with the more positive approach of what do I want more of? You know, just thinking about it, I think part of it is an intentionality and awareness. First of all, that you do recognize oh, this is not something I really enjoy, or it's a vice. For some people, they don't even think about that. They don't even label how they spend or how they spend their time or money on those things. So I would say the first the first step is just kind of doing an inventory, like no judgment, kind of looking at how am I spending my time? How am I spending my money? And is there a joy from it? Or what do I get out of it? And I, I think that's the big question. What do I get out of this? You know, is it meaningful? Is it a fantastic experience I'm never going to regret? Or is it something... I'm actually doing because I'm stressed out about these other situations and I'm afraid to bring it up because it's so cliche, but I think people, when they look at getting the coffee or getting these small little things with spending, I think the bigger question is, are we spending money because we're unhappy with something else in our life? Like it's a pressure Mm. valve for what's going on in my life. I hate my job. It sucks. I need this 15 minutes getting the coffee to physically be out there. Am I going out for drinks after work because I hate my job? Yeah. And I just need to palate cleanse with a glass of Cabernet. Exactly. With friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger, that's the difference between, for me, minimizing or minimalism versus simplifying and kind of defining those things that matter to you. Well, and that gets back, Len, to you. And, you know, the root of the issue is, are you actually spending your free time on things that you enjoy what does your ideal look like in making that list, right? And that's actually tip number one that Success Magazine has in this piece that's on our show notes page. People would like to look at it. But step two on here says, watch your bank and credit card statements. That's partly how people find flaws. They go back and go, what am I actually spending on? Which of what I think I have. Have you done that before as you're simplifying, Len? You and the honeybee go back through the credit card and go, okay, where's, where's the leakage? Or maybe not even the leakage. Oh, such maybe. a but don't say that word. Please don't say leakage. Yeah, that reminds maybe, me. God, maybe, that's disgusting. The, uh, the time for a commercial break? <laughs> no, no. How about where can streamlining happen? Thank you. Well, Len's like, speaking of streaming. You mean with respect to looking at your finances? Yes, absolutely. Watch your bank and credit card statements they had here. Have you done that to streamline? We do that every month. I mean, we're, we're checking our credit card bill and what, where that money's going to. I mean, that obviously that's going to tell you if you're, if you're buying things that uh, may be in excess or things that you really need or you're, you know, overspending your budget. I mean, that's, to me, that's just an automatic. So I will say that, well, you know, well, when it if comes you don't to, mind, if I can cut in for just a minute, well, Elle, I was on a roll. Hold on, Elle. I was on a roll. No, go ahead. All right. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> Do you want go to? Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. <laughs> happening i just think setting that time especially like you know i write about families money couples and you know marriage and money just having those conversations i think opens up so many different things yeah with 
one, what's a priority? And then also, I think we should mention too, like if, if you're part of a, a family, everyone's going to have different definitions of that. And so I think also if we're going to be talking about simplifying, yes, you, you can simplify some of the stuff in your house, but you also have to respect that the other person is going to have different opinions. And I, uh, do, I do find that all the time, Elle. It keeps uh, asking for me. <laughs> no, Cheryl, Cheryl wants to simplify my stuff and I want to simplify hers. You know? <laughs> My stuff's not annoying. Your stuff is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, hey, yeah. That's a different episode. That is a different episode. Uh, uh, it says here, Paulette, keep a daily log. And I, I, I do know this. I know that knowledge is power and stats, uh, having stats. This is a part of automation that I actually like. This diet and fitness coach that I have, Jesse, told me, you know what? I need a smartwatch so that I can just look at my steps every day. And it is amazing what that mm-hmm. has done with my fitness level. It tracks my sleeping. And because I have it right on my wrist, I look at it every day. And because of that, I, mm-hmm. I go into time to go to bed and I start thinking about, all right, let's make sure that I'm going to sleep good. So my score's good tomorrow. Like it's ridiculous, but it truly works. Do you keep any type of daily log? Do you track any stats to try to help you simplify and enjoy? Around simplifying? No, I don't. Like they say, how much time do you spend on these these things that you don't really care about that much? Well, I actually just hired someone who's going to be doing like a bunch of time tracking for me and getting really serious about like showing me how I spend my time. Yeah. So I think that will be really important to see like which of the projects I'm spending my most time on. I've got just a couple. If you want to go to a smaller place, they recommend these. Consider how much of your current home you actually use. If I went closer to that size, I found when we were looking for this house, this house, we it's so functional for us compared to houses we've had in the past. I don't know if, Al, when you made your recent move, did were you guys looking at that usable space? Yeah, I mean, it made a big difference. So the last place we have was a new build. It was a three-story townhome which on paper, it was a good size, but there was so so much unused space. And it really wasn't helpful for us. At that time, I was the only one working from home. But when we were looking for places here, we were preferring to have a basement to have a separate place for a home office. And I think that made a huge difference, especially during COVID when everybody was home, school, work, living was all in one place that we could at least physically like be in different spaces. And so the size work, but even now that we're both working from home full time, it's good. It's good. It's a good fit. And it's not that much bigger than a townhouse, but it's better utilized space. We've mentioned two good books today. The One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey and David Allen's Getting Things Done. A third one, if you're interested in usable space, a phenomenal book is called The Not So Big House. And it is just a fantastic book on usable space. And and by the way, Paula, you were talking about looking at tiny houses. This whole book has the most beautiful pictures. It is architecture porn. It completely is. Like the way they use space in this book is amazing. And I highly recommend people go to the library and look for that one. It also says, if you want to kill clutter, let's go through one of these. Be honest, will you ever use that olive pitter? Do you notice that vase anymore or is it just something to dust? Elle, you're laughing. You must have some of these in your in your life. Okay. I hate to say this, but this is where I get I get gifts from family members and I know they mean well, but they get these like very specific kitchen items that it takes up space. My husband and I, we love to cook, but 
we would use this maybe at best once a year. And so we've quietly regifted or oh yeah, <laughs> sent the, you the just described away. our instant pot. Your Instapot, really? Yeah. That was the fad. Everybody had to have an Instant Pot. They're amazing. They're so complicated to use. No, Paulette, you use yours all the time that fit in your RAV4? Yes. Yeah. No, not I'm a fan. old school. I still have my Crock-Pot. I'll get an Instapot oh, once yeah. this breaks. No, don't. Stick with this. I say my son uses his Instant Pot all the time as well. You can have mine. <laughs> uh, the thing I think about, L, when I think about this is, Cheryl and I got as a, it it was a really cool thing at the time. A friend had one. So we went and bought it. It was a Margaritaville margarita maker. And it is so awesome. And it makes like the, the best perfectly proportioned margaritas. Everything's on the side. In fact, we got these cool margarita glasses that look like cactuses. They're just awesome. They're in, you know, I think we've used it once. And every time I see it, I go, oh yeah, we got to get that out and use it. And then five years go by. And we still haven't. I should. I, I seriously need to to get rid of that thing. Yeah. Unclutter one room or closet at a time. I really like that. I want to ask about this. Share more. Get into sharing instead of buying. Have any of you guys done the sharing stuff? Big share. Elle, you've done that I'm as well. Big yeah. How do, yeah. What do you do? Are you in one of these online communities? I know the buy nothing group, but actually just like friends and family, if we have like yard projects, we'll ask around first. It's kind of this informal network. That's been super helpful instead of buying uh, yard equipment that we might need like once every two years. We can just borrow it. Of course, you know, with kids, gosh, my oldest is 11 right now. She goes through close like water. So we're kind of in this little chain. I know I'm going to get some of the clothes from some friends and it passed down to some other friends. And it's good. It kind of offsets and reduces some of the costs. And I, I also like that it's better for the environment. And those clothes that tend to last to, you know, from a a kid to a kid are better made clothes. And sometimes when I go to the store and, you know, not calling out Target or Walmart, but sometimes I just bought it and the week later it has holes in it. For people that are holding back on this or wondering what the effect's going to be, I totally agree after we sold all of our stuff to this line. One person in this piece said, after my stuff was gone, I was like, oh my God, I'm free. And that's, that is, I was surprised by how much I felt that. Oh my God. And you know, what's wild is that now that I have a house again and I bought a bunch of crap again, I feel much less free than I did that day. I'm like, I want to go back to that guy. You know, I'll say one of the biggest things that if they wanted an easy way to declutter, and at least here in Southern California, I notice, and, and my neighbors, especially treat your garage like a garage and store your cars in it. I, I don't oh, know. What are you talking about? I don't know how many people... One of the most expensive yeah. things that they buy, they leave it outside in their driveway through all the seasons and all the weather beaten that it gets, and your garage is loaded to the ceiling with crap. Treat your garage like what it's meant for, and I think you, you will have a lot less clutter in your life. Lend to that point, I also saw a piece from The Minimalist recently talking about if you're thinking about getting organized, and that includes storage bins, like you are organizing, <laughs> putting more stuff in storage bins mm-hmm. is not the answer to your question. The answer to your question is how should it leave my house? Like that's the, that's the big aha. I think a great way to leave this is uh, a piece, uh, Doug, that, that you just reminded us of. Let's say goodbye with this clip from a guy who you might've heard of before named, uh, what, how do you pronounce this guy's last name? Seinfeld. 
all things on Earth only exist in different stages of becoming garbage. Okay, your home is a garbage processing center where you buy new things, bring them into your house, and slowly crapify them over time. Okay, this is your life. Oh, you're all excited when you get something, right? You bring it in, you open it on the kitchen table, the place of honor for the new arrival. You read the instructions, fill out the registration card. You may even join the club of other idiots that have this thing. And then some time goes by, and it slowly begins to dawn on you that maybe you're not going to be quite as keen on drying out fruit and storing it in your basement <laughs> as you thought. So what do you do? You have to demote it. Objects start the highest level, visible in a living area. From there, it goes down to a closet, cupboard or drawer. That's why we have those, so we don't have to see all of the huge mistakes we have made. And it goes downhill from there. We will uh, place that with the show notes at stackybenjamins.com. It doesn't get any better when you, when you clutter up your life. Let's find out what beautiful, non-cluttery stuff you have going on where you are. We'll have our guest of honor go last. Uh, Mr. Penzo, what do you got going on at lenpenzo.com that can help us simplify well, a little bit? I've uh, doing a big favor for everybody now. You know, Memorial Day has passed us, and that means it's the summer driving season and people going on vacations. And so I've got a very informative article on nine ways to ensure that your next road trip sucks. <laughs> Come on by, and if you want to do it the wrong way, follow this article. Step by step. Oh, that is fantastic. Who hasn't had a sucky road trip before? Paulette Perhatch, thank you so much for the last, what, 10 months. Thank you. So of hanging much. out it's with us so here fun. on air. Absolutely. And the, all the time writing with us. We had so many laughs behind the scenes. People have no idea like what goes in behind the scenes to writing these episodes. And we laughed our head off. But what's, uh, what projects are you working on now? I am putting together a one-hour webinar, taped webinar, about how writers can use ChatGPT to earn more. Excellent. Stay in the freelance writing game. Yeah. I thought you were going to say by tossing it in the trash. <laughs> nope. It's a terrible editor, but it does a lot for ideation and customizing it to the publication you want to send it to. Awesome. L, thank you so much for coming back. It's so good. It's, it always feels like too long. It's always awesome to be here, have some glass and have some fun. What is going on at Simplify and Enjoy? Well, we actually just finished an episode about family vacations and, and how to make them suck. Actually relaxing. <laughs> no. Not how to suck. <laughs> no, I'm not going to spend good money on that. <laughs> how to relax. I actually spent more. Uh, we, we spent a little bit more, not too much on Amtrak. We went down to Florida from Raleigh, North Carolina, and it was so good. We went to sleep on the train and we woke up and we were in Orlando and then we could just go and get started with our vacation. But uh, this month we are talking about buying houses and kind of fits in with the whole simplify. One of the things uh, we're discussing is don't buy as much house as you can afford. <laughs> you get a lot of bad uh, home buying advice and you're getting pushed into this. Uh, just break the cycle before you even move in. Find the house that is just the right fit for you and your budget. We had two houses we were choosing between this one and one that was bigger. It was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful house. and I'm so glad we didn't buy it. It would have been an 
albatross around our neck. And I just, I've, I'm so thankful. And you will find Simplify and Enjoy wherever you're listening to us today. Just hit pause right now, go follow or subscribe to Simplify and Enjoy, and then come back and finish it up. Speaking of finish it up, we had a lot of great takeaways today. Man, big day for us today. Paulette's last day. Len is still kicking and <laughs> just barely clinging to life. <laughs> and El Martinez here again. Doug, what's our takeaway today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from our panel and make financial decisions based on your budget instead of how companies want you to spend your money. Second, take it from Paulette. Once you have enough stuff to fill up your RAV4, do you really need any more But the big lesson? Hands off the melons, judges. A great judge can tell when they're ripe from a mile away. What? People think, what? Why would they think I mean that? Oh, ears out of the gutter, people. Come on. Oh, we're going to miss Paulette. Thanks for the memories and the fart jokes. You'll now find Paulette Perhatch at thatwriterpaulette.com. Thanks also to our special guest, El Martinez, for joining us. You'll find El's podcast, Simplify and Enjoy, wherever you're listening to us right now. And thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash telescope for sale. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees 
are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy federal website, resources like best cities after service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. There is some clutter that I think might be bad in the big scheme of things, but you just, you're attached to it for these, you know, almost like when I was a kid, you had the blankie, you know, a lot of kids have their blankie or their binky, one or the other, maybe both where when that thing goes away, maybe it was a teddy bear. Maybe it was, there had to be something in, in your life where you were upset. I remember one, uh, I grew up Catholic and I came back from Sunday school one time with two things in my little backpack. I came home with this uh, picture of like the Easter bunny and I totally didn't even draw inside the lines. Like I remember even doing it. I didn't give a shit. I just didn't. And, and I just kind of scribbled. I get it done. And then I made this thing, which is how the Easter bunny has these elves and they had like the Easter bunny's tree headquarters and like these birds would would you know make the eggs and they would go down this conveyor belt and there were all these little elves inside the tree like think about the keebler elves kind of thing um you guys already look at me like joe what drugs were you on when you were seven yeah (laughs) what and so they would get the eggs ready and they would come out on this on this conveyor belt and i had to put i had to like tape like three pieces of paper together to have this whole big thing i was so damn proud of that and uh, a couple days later, I'm walking out, you know, to check out whatever's going on in the kitchen. And here's a picture of that stupid ass Easter bunny that I didn't care about on the front. And I'm like, oh, mom, this isn't a big deal. What about the conveyor belt? She's like, what conveyor belt are you talking about? I'm like, no, I had this conveyor belt. She goes, oh, just the mess of like tape and paper and whatever. I threw that away. <laughs> what are you talking about? I like spent the whole hour we were working on this on my Easter bunny conveyor belt. I'm 55 years old. And every time I see mom at uh, Easter time, I'm like, mom, hey, remember the conveyor belt, mom? I'm just picturing Hieronymus Bosch's like Garden of Earthly Delights from Joe's head. It was amazing. (laughs) It was like it showed, Len, you would have been proud. It was like engineering genius. (laughs) Paulette would have been like the creativity in that thing is amazing. You could see the brilliance already. The, the wow. And L would have said simple and effective. It would have been great. All three of you would have been like crying tears of joy, but it's gone. It's gone. Of course, in my mind, it was a Picasso, but I was seven. It was probably 
my mom probably looked at it and the tape was sticking to the back of it and it was all crumpled up. I don't know. Anyway, you guys had to have it. Paulette. I'm sure there's been a thing where you're like, why is that not my life anymore? I'm literally racking my brain and I can't That's remember. good. And like, then that's good. You know what? I wish I had brought more books. I took all of my books to a used bookstore and I said, just take whatever you want because I knew they were going to take everything. And I just took everything I didn't take. And then when I was driving home, I was like, I could have fit more books. So probably that. Is there one book though? Is there a specific book though? Where you're like- There are a few signed ones and one where my friend signed it and said, she was like, Paulette, write fiction. Because I told her, I'm like, I'm working on my own book. She's like, write fiction. So that's what I think about. It's gone. Not that big of a deal though. No, sounds like my Easter Bunny one's way more like therapist material than your, uh, maybe it was a book. Elle, how about you? I'm kind of stuck like Paulette was. Can I flip it? Can I like talk about something I hoarded that I'm actually still okay with? <laughs> it was recently proved right. Can I do yeah, that? Oh, yes. Yeah, let's do it. It was a margarita maker, wasn't it? It was a margarita maker with glasses that looked like cactuses. No, and I homebrew, so I do meads and beards. But remember I mentioned the DVDs? I feel like so brilliant since so many of these streaming channels are like cutting back on programs that I still have like seven seasons of these all these TV shows and movies. And I think on Fridays we watch uh, movies as a family and it was, I think of my husband's turn, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's what it was. We couldn't find it in streaming anywhere. And you just took the DVD out. <laughs> I was like... I know I have that. I went downstairs because that's one of my favorites. And I just pulled it out and I said, look at this. And I said, we can watch the bonus stuff, which they don't have with the streaming services. You know, the behind the scenes stuff they always yes. had to do with the, the DVD. So that was a moment where, yeah, I was proud I had my clutter. <laughs> you ever put yourself like in the, you know, I sometimes make up like the brain of the DVD. Like the DVD is in the basement in the dark, sitting there 365 days a year for like eight and a half years, except, you know, a few times a year, the light comes on. Maybe you go to the same row. Maybe it knows you look at it. It's like, look, maybe, huh? It's that no, no. And then the next time it does it again. You guys again, looking at me like, what, what drugs is he on at 55 that he's doing, doing that. Anyway, Len, save us. You must have one. Well, I, I don't have a lot of clutter at all, but I, I do have one thing, and I, I want to go back to my dear Aunt Millie because her house, her little tiny house, you know, when she passed away, I managed to keep the welcome mat from her little tiny home, and her home was so tiny that the mat only said well. That shows you how small the front door. Hello? Damn it, Len! Is this thing on? <laughs> I will say that, well, you know, when it comes to, hold on, I lost my train of thought, Joe. You have to take that last part out. It's hell being old. I do entire shows with no train of thought, Len. Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> wow, really? It just poofed away. <laughs> just like, poof, it just left right out my brain. You get comfortable <laughs> with it. I did that earlier this afternoon. I was in the middle of a sentence. I'm like, I'm just going to keep talking until I figure out what the f*** I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Definitely been there. <laughs> if you're waiting for me to say something, I, I don't oh, have you it. Don't, you don't have it. So, <laughs> so, so how do we end that, Steve? You got to figure out how to cut that with like don't a put it on Steve. What a jerk move. <laughs> okay, then I'll pretend like I'm cutting in, so we could just uh, 
Do you want me to say, oh, if I could interrupt for a moment, Steve can just play <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Save me. Save me, Elle. <laughs> Throw me a life. Yeah, do you got one, Elle? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't mind, if I can cut in for just a minute, what well, Lynn Elle, was saying. I was saying, on a roll. I think, Hold on, Elle. I was on a roll. No, no, no. no. All right. No, no. You go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Do go you ahead. want to? No, no, no. You go ahead. <laughs> what is happening? 